On the Origin of Species by the Means of Natural Selection by Charles Darwin. I can't let February die, and I'm grateful for the leap year day to allow me to shoehorn this in without a reading from Darwin. He was born on the 12th of February 1809, and some excitable biologists, myself included, have campaigned for this to be recognised as Darwin Day. The Origin of Species was published in 1859, and I would say that it's a work that rivals the US Declaration of Independence in importance. What follows are the opening and closing paragraphs of the book and a bit of blither from me on the subject. Quote, When on board HMS Beagle as naturalist, I was much struck with certain facts in the distribution of the inhabitants of South America and in the geological relations of the present to the past inhabitants of that continent. These facts seem to me to throw light on the origin of species, that mystery of mysteries, as it has been called by one of our greatest philosophers. On my return home, it occurred to me in 1837 that something might perhaps be made out of this question by patiently accumulating and reflecting on all sorts of facts that could possibly have had any bearing on it. After five years' work, I allowed myself to speculate on the subject and drew up some short notes. These I enlarged in 1844 into a sketch of the conclusions which then seemed to me probable. From that period to the present day, I have steadily pursued the same object. I hope that I may be excused for entering on these personal details, as I give them to show I have not been hasty in coming to a decision. My work is now nearly finished. It will take me two or three more years to complete it, as my health is far from strong. I have been urged to publish this abstract. I have been more especially induced to do this as Mr. Wallace, who is now studying the natural history of the Malay archipelago, has arrived at almost exactly the same general conclusions that I have on the origin of species. Last year, he sent me a memoir on this subject with a request that I would forward it to Sir Charles Lyell, who sent it to the Linnaean Society, and it is published in the third volume of the journal of that society. Sir C. Lyell and Dr. Hooker who both knew of my work, the latter, having read my sketch of 1844, honoured me by thinking it's advisable to publish, with Mr Wallace's excellent memoir, some brief extracts from my manuscript, end quote. Bit of editorialising here. Darwin, rather an establishment chap, who was cautious about publishing his theory, was about to be scooped about Wallace, who had independently come up with a similar idea and the British establishment gave Darwin a fair wind and quietly buried Wallace. Quote, uh, we're back to the origin of species now. This abstract which I now publish must necessarily be imperfect. I cannot give references and authorities for my several statements. I must trust the reader reposing some confidence in my accuracy, no doubt, Errors will have crept in, although I hope I will have always been cautious in trusting to good authorities alone. I can here give only general conclusions at which I have arrived, with a few facts in illustration, but which I hope in most cases will suffice. No one can feel more sensible than I do of the necessity of hereafter publishing all detail in the facts, with references on which my conclusions have been grounded, and I hope in a future work to do this. I am well aware that scarcely a single point is discussed in this volume on which facts cannot be adduced, often apparently leading to conclusions directly opposite to those at which I have arrived. 
A fair result can be obtained only by fully stating and balancing the facts and arguments on both sides of each question, and this cannot possibly here be done. End quote. 400 pages of densely written, densely argued text later, Darwin has introduced the idea of evolution, a word he only introduces in the very last word of the book, by natural selection to the world. He knew he was throwing a social, scientific and religious bomb into the stable world of Victorian England, where natural science was made, mediated through clerics at the Anglican, that's Presbyterian for you Americans, uh, Anglican universities, Darwin knew there would be immense resistance to his ideas. He was taking God out of creation, and if that isn't taking out the cornerstone, Matthew twenty-one forty-two, I don't know what is. The resistance would be religious and scientific. The Anglican divines who were the gatekeepers of natural sciences must have known that if Darwin's theory was right, they were hold below the waterline, scientifically at least. Darwin's grinding, observation-laden writing was intended to forestall these objections, but he knew, as stated in his opening paragraphs, that his theory wasn't the finished object. However, we come to his conclusion, where Charles Darwin, at the end of his abstract, which is what he calls the origin of species, is in sight. His reputation as the originator of the theory secure almost falls into poetry, quote, it is interesting to contemplate an entangled bank, clothed with many plants of many kinds, with birds sinking in the bushes, with various insects flitting about, with worms crawling through the damp earth, and to reflect that those elaborately constructed forms, so different from each other and dependent on each other in so complex a manner, have all been produced by laws acting around us. These laws, taken in the largest sense, being growth with reproduction, Inheritance, which is implied by reproduction, variability from the indirect and direct action of the external conditions of life and from use and disuse, a ratio of increase so high as to lead to a struggle for life and as a consequence to natural selection, entailing divergence of character and the extinction of less improved forms. Thus, from the war of nature, from famine, and death, the most exalted object we are capable of conceiving, namely the production of higher animal, directly flows. End quote. In the same way that Dracula, although a dense Victorian book, is a foundational text for a horror genre that persists to this day, so is the origin of species. Although the genre is founded in a more important discipline, biology, Critics like to shoot holes in it and thereby claim that evolution is a flawed theory, but think. Darwin was a young man born into a comfortable wealth who could have followed his father into the medical profession and done naught but purge, bleed and do minor surgery on the sake of Shropshire. Instead, he got onto a 93-foot-long sailing ship and he circumnavigated the globe, seasick all the way. Over those five years, he assembled a collection of geological and biological specimens that would make a modern scientist blush and weep with envy. I've seen the mockingbirds quite dead that made him question the stability of species as the beagle bucketed its way up the Atlantic on the homeward leg of the voyage of the beagle in 1836. As Theodosius Dobshansky wrote in 1973, 
Nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. Maybe he said it in Russian. Sounds like it. Nothing in biology makes sense except in the light of evolution. So as February gives up the ghost, a month that must be closed out by February's OG scientist, Charles Darwin, I deliberately omitted the last and most poetic and profound sentence from the Coda of the Origin. Here it is, quote, There is grandeur in this view of life, with its several powers, having been originally breathed by the Creator into new forms or into one, and that whilst this planet has gone on cycling according to the fixed law of gravity, from so simple a beginning, endless forms most beautiful and most wonderful have been and are being evolved. <laughs>